God's good, isn't he? He really is. And um, this morning, I want to share something a little bit different with you. We've been talking about the aspect of, of holy calling, what it is that God's called us to as a church, what he's called us to individually, and, um, and making that difference in, in the world around us. What's interesting, I had the opportunity this past week to go to Dallas, Texas. Dallas is a pretty cool place. A lot going on in Dallas. Big old city. Didn't have a car, so did a lot of walking around in Dallas. Got to see where JFK was shot. Got to go up Reunion Tower, you know, to the top up there and walk around and see that perspective. Got to go to the George W. Bush Library and check that thing out. Just a lot of neat things that we were, we were able to do this past week. Got to meet a celebrity, if you will, from this new book that's coming into a movie, by the way, called Same Kind of Different as Me. If you guys ever heard that, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome story. So I got a picture with Ron Hall, who's the author slash producer, you know, of this kind of thing. Just a humble, amazing guy, you know. Anyway, just an incredible week. But what happens on these things for me, there's all kinds of classes, but there's not really a lot of stuff that's kind of in my area so I really kind of take the time in some ways to be able to kind of reflect on stuff, to reflect on things for the ministry, obviously. That's why I'm there for Oliver Gospel Mission. What can we do better? What do we need to do next? But, of course, by nature, it gives me an opportunity to really think about the church, real life, and, and where we're headed. And one of the things in a couple of seminars that popped up that I thought was really interesting to me was this whole aspect of why. Some of the biggest questions that we have, you know, you think of reporters, the who, what, when, where, how, all that kind of stuff, but the why. The why is, is really key. And some people would argue that the why is the most important question, that the why is the most important part. And I think sometimes we get very busy doing the things that we do, and we very rarely stop and remember the why. Why are you here this morning? Why do we get up every Sunday and pull together the coffee carts and pull out the chairs and the signs? Why is it that you come every week to set up? Why is it every week you come and you work with the children and you, you help with the music, you help with the cafe and the sound and all these kind of things? Why do you get up? Why are you here? Why does real life exist? What is the, the why behind it? Why are we doing this? Why? And I think that's a very key question. One of the biggest things that I want to be able to offer to you this morning is a, a better understanding of the why and kind of a very clear, I believe, mission statement as to why we exist. We've talked about this a lot, and we've got a lot of things, kind of like a shotgun, if you will, on our website. We, we believe in this, and we believe in this, and we believe in this, and a lot of good stuff, you know? But we need, really need to be able to understand and really be able to give that why. One of the things you talk about these, these conferences are being able to communicate well, to be able to kind of get on the elevator and give what? Your elevator what? Your elevator speech, your elevator pitch, you know? And you should be able to clearly say what it is, you know, and this lady in this one conference is like, you know, if I ask you what you do, just get in the elevator and start asking other people what they do and see how long it takes them to kind of spit it out. They start talking about 
a lot of the do's and not really the why's so much. They go on and on, we're doing this, we're doing that. You can get rid of some of the do's, but if you don't hang on to the why, everything kind of falls apart. So I want to talk a little bit about the why this morning. I want to bring some clarity. I was thinking about, and I've never been good at vision statements and, and mission statements, but I thought a lot about this aspect of clarity. And if we were to kind of boil down what it is that real life is, what is our target, what is our mission, and I'll have to work with the elders on this to to come together with agreement, but I, I came up with this sentence. I think it's I think it's pretty good, but everything can always be tweaked, okay? And it says this. This is, you know, why we exist, okay? Because, here's the because. It's the, the answer to the why to begin with. Because we believe real life, and you got to take away the name from that. I mean real life, okay? You know, <laughs> because we believe real life, is only found in Jesus, then we do these things, okay? Because we believe real life is only found with Jesus, we seek to reconnect people to the church and welcome the broken and outcast with grace to receive the healing and life he offers. Let me say it again. Because we believe real life is only found with Jesus, only found with Jesus, we seek to reconnect people to the church and welcome the broken and outcast with grace to receive the healing and life he offers. That's the mission statement I came up with. I didn't believe I came up with it. But there's two things we're focused on. I really believe they're very important. They've always kind of been at the top of my heart. I think they're the top of yours as well, and that's to reconnect people with the church. This aspect that people have been estranged from church, they've had bad experiences, they've had all kinds of scenarios where, I'm talking about Christians, that were a part of church at one point and are not any longer. It's funny, to to say that is actually kind of a bold statement because you typically run into a lot of people that are concerned, well, is your church growth just swapping sheep and everyone's worried about that? But there is an element of people, a large element of people, I would presume, that are not going to church, that are believers, they're just going nowhere. And I believe that there has to be a time when they come back. There has to be a reconnection of the church. One of the things the Bible talks about when it comes to the Jewish people is what's known as the, uh, if I'm saying diaspora, can't say it. Diaspora, thank you. I couldn't get that out. Thank you, Len, for those that are listening. Diaspora, say that. Diaspora. Can you say that 10 times without it sounding weird? It just begins to sound weird the more you say it. But the diaspora <laughs> is the collection, it's the gathering of the Jews from all across the globe together. What if the believers were together? What if we were united? And there are so many that are not going to church for whatever reason. And so that's a, that's a big target. It's a big aspect, in my heart anyway, that, that, that bothers me, that there are so many that, that love Jesus, but they just don't feel like they can fit in the church anymore because the church has become something else. 
something else than what Jesus taught, it would seem. And that's what we've talked about a lot over the last few weeks, the whole aspect of the, the Pharisees and the things they did and shutting the door of the kingdom in people's faces, that kind of thing. So we seek to reconnect people to the church. And then, of course, this is huge, to welcome the broken and outcast. That's a, that's a large group of people. These are people that we're talking about, um, majority of them that are, are not believers, that are broken in some way, that are considered the outcast. We welcome them with grace so that they can receive the healing and the life that Jesus offers. And the because, again, is that real life is only found with Jesus. There really is no other place to find real life, to understand what life is truly all about. And we say that a lot. We need to be able to boil it down into something like this and be able to explain it to people. I think when we clarify it, when we understand it, that it's much easier for us to come together and to run ahead and to go after the goal that God has given us. Now, I always go to this passage, but I want to continue to, to answer the why this morning and the why that we've accepted as believers and the why that continues to keep us going to reach other people, okay? And that comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And, and Justin, I apologize, these scriptures are probably going to be out of order. But we have to be reminded of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21 says this. And this is really kind of a, a general mission that God lays out for us. And he's talking about Jesus, and it says that he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us, and then he gave us that ministry of reconciliation. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is this aspect of reconciliation. I want you to think through that a little bit deeper this morning. You know, has there been someone in your life that you have had to reconcile with? Have you ever had an argument with someone? Has there ever been an issue that's caused distance between you and someone else? And there's a lot of things like that in my life that I've had to deal with and to reconcile. And there's been arguments before, and I've, and I've always wanted to, to get things right. I always wanted to not wait until the next day. I'm one of those guys that, it, that if there's something wrong, it just gets in the pit, you know, you know what I'm saying, the pit of your stomach. You just can't handle it. Because what is, 
what does that distance do? What does that problem do? It creates distance in relationships. You can't see that person, talk to that person in the same way after you've had that blow up, after you've had that issue. You miss out on what things are supposed to be because of that argument, because of that angst and that strife that's between you. And I was thinking about this, and there's lots of stories I could share, but this kind of popped into my head, and I was thinking about when I was a teenager. My dad and I were really close. My dad and I would, and my sister, we would, were just the three musketeers. We'd go out and do all kinds of things together, and you know, he loved to go hiking and to see waterfalls and those kinds of things and to go to all these different festivals. We would go to this maple festival where we'd have maple syrup and maple sugar, and we'd go to the state fair, and we'd go to the Speedy Festival, which is this amazing dish from New York, you know. We'd do all these kinds of things together. We would pal around. My dad just loved to get out and to do stuff. We were close. We were tight. I always felt like I could share anything with my dad. I remember a moment in particular where my dad said to me, you know what, son, I would love you no matter what you do, even if you were a garbage man. And that, he probably didn't think anything about it. It was just an offhand comment. But to me, that went deep, went real deep. And I thought, my dad really does love me unconditionally. No matter what I do, he's going to love me. He's going to be there for me. And that stuck that kind of love, that kind of, I'm there for you, son. And I don't remember what the argument was about one day. And I have I'd never, ever had this kind of argument with my dad. But I think I was probably a senior, junior, I don't know what it was, but I had some kind of argument with him. And I remember actually punching my dad in the face. Yeah. We're out in the breezeway of the house, and I punched him in the face about something. Trey's like, I would never dream of doing that. <laughs> and you know what? You know, my dad wasn't angry. He was actually stunned. He was stunned. And because he wasn't angry and because he was stunned, I immediately... You know, the feeling that came over me at that point was just heart-wrenching. Like, how in the world could I have done that? What's happened for a lot of people in this world is that they're living in that moment when it comes to the Lord. Sin is that punch to the face, if you will, that is remaining between them. And they're living in this unreconciled life that causes them to miss out on the joys of their father, on the joys of going to the mountains and, and going to the speedy festival and going to these different kinds of things. And the love that the father has to share has just, there's this punch. They're living in un reconciled life. They're missing out. Some of you might even have some issues between your parents now. I am blessed that, to, to know that my mom and dad and I are, are tight. I'm glad my mama's here. I'm glad she's finally back, by the way, and I'd be happy for a round of applause. Yeah, from this outage that's taken her from me. 
we, we enjoy the relationship of the Father. We know what it means to worship the God of all creation. We know what life is all about. We know what it means to have purpose. We know what it means to have grace and, and forgiveness and that unconditional love that I was talking about a moment ago. That's part of the why that we do this. Why? Because we get to be reconcilers. We get to say, hey, this is taken away. Enjoy the love of the Father. We're reconcilers. Just as we have been reconciled. That's huge. If we don't clearly understand the why, you're going to get tired. You're just going to, it's going to be another Sunday. It's going to be another day. It's going to be another Bible study. But when you understand the why, when you understand that God has called you to be a reconciler so that they get to have that relationship again, it's huge. I want to look at some of the verses in Scripture that, that answer the why on top of understanding this reconciliation. Romans 6.23 is a pretty popular scripture that we use when we evangelize and we tell people about Jesus. And it says, for the wages of sin is death. Literally, that, that angst, that separation, it doesn't just stay there. It leads to death. It causes harm. It makes things worse, and it just continues to degrade over time. And it says that the wages, what's earned from sin, what it leads to is death. That death, the worst part of that is that separation from God. Not having that relationship with him, missing out on what life is all about. But it says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's that true rich life, but it's eternal, it's long-lasting, it's everlasting, it's forever. It's amazing. You know, we, we live in a society where we wonder how long, for example, relationships last. And some of you have been in situations like that where you've, you've completely blown it. This is eternal life. This is long-lasting, perfect life with the Father. The kind of life that it is is pretty amazing because when we look at John chapter 10, Verses 9 through 10, if I've got that in there. Jesus says that I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. It says they will come in and go out and find pasture. They'll come in and go out and find pasture. They will find that peace. They will find, you know, it's just this picture of, you know, <laughs> Sound of music almost, if you will. Someone standing on the hill and spinning their arms around. It's, that's what comes to my mind, you know. Maybe that's not what Jesus is in his mind, but it's this wide open pasture. It's that peace. Come in and go out and they'll find pasture. But it says this, that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. And we know this is talking about the enemy. You know this is talking about Satan. We know this is talking about the devil, if you will. That he comes to steal, to kill to destroy, to continue to cause that separation, to make that gulf of, of, of reconciliation further and further away. He doesn't want that to come any closer. That you will never have anything to do with God. You'll continue to put your hand up and to turn away. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life 
and not just life, they may have it to the full. To the full. Truly live it. See, we, we live in a society where people are trying to live life to the full, but they're going to the wrong source. They're going over here, and if I just had this thing, if I just had that thing, then I would have life to the full. If I just had this job, this item, this relationship, this fill-it-in-the-blank, then that would be living. But it's, it's just drinking salt water. It just continues to make you thirstier and thirstier, and it leads to death. The why for us is to say to people, you can be reconciled. You can have abundant, real life, which is why we have that name, real life. That's part of the why. Let's look at some old school scriptures that we should know very well that you've heard a million times. John 3.16 and 17, right? For God so loved the world that gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not face that death, that unreconciled life, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. And I love this because it always clears up the perspective of why he came. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to push everybody down. He didn't come to condemn. He came what? It says what? He came to save the world. The world through him. This is, again, a greater understanding of the why. A reconciled life. A life full of love and grace and forgiveness. John 1.17 is a great verse. It says, for the law was given through Moses, and it says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. I was thinking of some of the, the answers to the whys. I would encourage you to just even just write it down today. Think about it as you're driving even, whatever, and think about it. What are the whys for you? Why do you follow Jesus? What would you list down? We, we don't stop often to think about it. I think we unfortunately take the Lord for granted a lot. We just go, 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 and we don't really stop and to think about the whys. And that's the, the aspect of in, 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 a, in a marriage, for example, I think that's great about our anniversary. You know, Diane and I will be celebrating another one in July. When those anniversary times come, what do you do? You stop and you remember. You stop and you reflect on, on why it is that I love you. But every day needs to be an anniversary. Every, we never, we've heard some good advice, for never stop dating your wife, right? Same thing holds true when it comes to the Lord. We don't ever stop reflecting and remembering and, and focusing and worshiping Him, the one who loves you, and being reminded of, of how great He is. That's why we worship every Sunday. That's why we sing to Him. That's why we gather and we look at, you know, the, the words from Scripture, a youth pastor friend of mine told me a long time ago, it's kind of, you know, the, the Bible is, is God's love letter, if you will, to us. You know, and he even had youth at one time write, write your name, dear Lance, the beginning 
flip to the end of Revelation, love God, you know? We need to spend time reflecting on him. I was thinking about Jesus when he's talking about asking Peter and the other disciples, you know, who do you, who do you say that I am? The world doesn't get it. Peter that day said that you are the Christ, that you are the Messiah, you're the, you're the Son of God. And he says, for, for you alone have the words of life. You are the why. If you understand the why, it doesn't matter how difficult life is, the tribulations, the trials that you face, the difficulties, if you have that why, that you understand that Jesus alone has the words of life, nothing else matters. Nothing else makes any sense. There have been times in my life where I've been scared. I've been afraid I would lose so many different things, whatever it is, but I know that if I have Christ, that I have everything. That why makes all the difference. We talk about this all the time at Oliver Gospel, for example. We, we deal with people that are, that are facing homelessness or dealing with drug abuse and addiction and all this kind of stuff. And, and quite honestly, th- that's, that's a felt need. Even if I was, and I don't ever want to be homeless. We want to help them to find homes to, to get their life back on track. But more than all those things, what they really need the most is Jesus. Because well, they can have everything else. You know, it's like that the song, you can have all this world, just give me, what? Give me Jesus. Because if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. You really don't. I was thinking about some of those things on the list that I was asking you to consider. Because of Jesus, we have purpose. We have meaning. We actually can, can tell people what life's about. This is what life's about. If you don't know Jesus, you can't answer that. We have connection. That's part of the purpose as well. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you let me in, I'm going to come and eat with you. I'm going to commune with you. I'm going to be close with you. We have connection. We're not alone. We're not by ourselves. We're, we're not looking up at the stars wondering why we're here connection that is connected to that purpose as well. That's huge. It's big. We have forgiveness. We're forgiven for things that, 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 are, that, are, that, are, that are huge. To be forgiven. What a great feeling. To know that the old is gone. The new has come. And only he could do that. We have in that regard, healing. Healing from our brokenness, from our past, from those things. And literally, when you look at Scripture, of course, the Lord at times physically heals. Pretty cool. A full life, an abundant life. We have the ability, this is, this is really key, I think, as well, to understand what love really is, don't we? Hollywood has their version of what they think it is. They put out movies all the time books all the time. People have their version of what they think that love is. But we understand what true love is because of God. Eternal life, peace. I could go on sharing a lot of those things. I would encourage you to really write that down. Think through that. Think about the whys. 
Think about the whys of why you serve and why you follow Jesus. See, it's when you gather this, it's when you understand how deep and rich and powerful and important this is that you get fired up, that you get excited. And you say, well, you know, if I have this and someone else could have this too. That why is, you know, is the thing that stirs your heart. Because I can't imagine life without it. I can't. It's a, that's a true nightmare. We gather that why. And the, the thing that Justin's leading tonight, you know, it's, even, it's deeper than the finances. It's about honoring God, you know. It all goes back to that why. I want to read a, one more passage, and we'll be wrapping things up. Romans ten fourteen through 15, and this is one of Brad's favorites. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let the why that we've talked about stir you up to the point that it overcomes all fear. Let the why stir you up to the point that you take the words of that mission seriously and put it into practice. I want to read, read that to you one more time. It says, Because we believe real life is only found with Jesus, we seek to reconnect people to the church and welcome the broken and outcast with grace to receive the healing and life he offers. That's the why, and that's, that's what we do. How are you going to do it? You take the why, and you've, you've got you to put it into action. And we've, we've talked about a lot of different ways. But one of the things that we've talked about over the last um, couple of weeks was an opportunity that we have. But we have to continually evaluate those things and pour our energies into what really matters the most, if you will, or what we can best determine matters the most with our energies. And, you know, we're involved in some things. We're involved in Axe Metro. We're involved with the Oliver Gospel Mission. We're involved with the nursing home, which is today. Um, <laughs> we've forgotten. We're coming back from Texas thinking, oh, man, at what time again? Two o'clock. Okay. So if you want to join us for that, that'd be great. But one of the things that we want to be able to do is to reach out. One of the, the things we need to do is connect with our community, okay? And, and simply love people and build a relationship. And the relationship leads to conversations, at least. We have to connect somehow, don't we? Okay? And just because you slap a sign up by the road doesn't mean they're just going to come in. <laughs> but what's interesting is, what if the community could come to us, you know? What if we could save time by not walking around and knocking on doors and, and, and whatnot, and, and we have a, a unique opportunity here to do that. We're starting out small, um, and 
Mom, you haven't heard this yet, so don't freak out. Um, Because we're not expecting you to do this, per se. But we're going to begin once a month by, and we've already talked to the Y, we've got permission from the Y, and having, opening up the cafe here on, on a Saturday for two to three hours max, and just literally serving free coffee, removing any tip jars, you know, any of that kind of stuff involved, but there's no question. Even some of that can stand in the way of them thinking it's free. They, to be a church that's here is just saying, we love you, here's some free coffee. In the midst of that, I believe that we can develop some relationships with people. We can invite people to church. We can, we can develop ongoing relationships even if we are faithful. Anything that we begin to do, we have to follow through with. So what we're looking at doing is once a month right now, setting this up. The first one is scheduled for the 23rd of June, I believe, is a Saturday. And I know we're starting some things and doing some things in the summertime. That's just how it is. <laughs> we're going to keep going with what we've got. So anyway, the point of sharing that with you we're going to continue to explore ways that we, we live this out, we flesh this out, but this is something we believe would be an easy way to connect with people. Um, so what I'm encouraging you to do, is, number one, is to pray about this endeavor and for further endeavors to clarify how it is that we put the because and the why into motion, okay? But also and I meant to print out a sheet, and I don't have one, so maybe someone can throw some scrap paper back there. If, better yet, we'll just, I'll explain this in a second. If you're interested in learning the cafe, this is a dual benefit for, for our cafe folks, okay? We want to train you up so that you can help on Saturdays, help with coffee. There'll be, you know, probably at the max, if, if we have all the volunteers in the world, probably four, no more than four people on a Saturday couple people work in the cafe, a couple people helping with that. Those will really be more of the connectors. You'll have more time to really talk with people. It's pretty busy during that time period that we've already talked to. Drew is the guy who's in charge of the Y here. And so we've got a pretty good opportunity to get in some good conversations with folks. So what I want to encourage you to do is to say, yeah, you know, um, I'm willing to learn. And it's not it's not ridiculously hard to to learn to help out with that and uh, of course the the backside stuff is for Sunday mornings mom can and Beth or ever can say hey Chris I need you over here man you can pop in maybe for five minutes you know y'all can become baristas this is something that God gave us that we need to use it's the other side of that too it's not just for us and we've used it for the public before but this is a great opportunity so if you're interested in doing that, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not for you. Maybe you just want to help write names on cups and you, you just don't want to, you're like, I'm going to screw up someone's coffee. That's fine. But if you're interested in helping, um, if you go in the back, we have a, uh, by the way, if you ever want to write a check or give in cash to the church, we have a new box back there in the guest services table that you can drop stuff in. But what I'm going to ask you to do, since I don't have a sign-up sheet, is just to write your name, um, on one of those giving slips, if you will, back there, and just say, cafe. I'd like to help with cafe. If you want to be Pacific, I just want to write names on cups. You know, write that down, put it in there. And we're going to continue to, to build that kind of thing. 
We've been involved in service and helping others, but this is the way that we want to begin to really connect. I know it's just a starting point. It might seem small, but I think it could be big. Yes, sir. Uh, typically, I think he said between uh, 9 and 9 to like lunch, something like that on a Saturday. Uh, that's kind of the one of the busy, busier times in the Saturday morning. There's another time later in Saturday afternoon, but that's kind of the chunk. And so the cool thing is, is you can you can help be a part of that, and then you still have the rest of your your day on Saturday. It would be a sacrifice, you know. Um, we're hoping to grow this that it's more than once a month. That's going to take a lot of people involved, a lot of volunteers. But this is something that, again, we don't want it to be just about coffee. We want it to be about connecting something that we want to train you not just in coffee but maybe you're an introvert like me you don't know how to start a conversation we can you know just talk you know figure that out a little bit here's some simple things you can do we don't want to sell people okay we're not out here to necessarily promote our church we're out here to love people and develop relationships with them and i believe that that god will take care of the rest okay um is that making sense to y'all would you stand with me? Now, this is, you know, not to diminish. You just simply, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, what is it God's telling you to do? You know? There's really some specific stuff he's told you to do. And it's not all about our church, by the way. Um, but as a church, I believe that we need to figure out ways that we collectively say, here's something we can do. Here's what we have. This is what we can do with it. So let's pray.